Okay, just be prepared though, Christina. I'm, are you ready? Of course. No, 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 no. I know you're ready for the podcast, but are you ready for what's going to happen after the podcast? What's going to happen after the podcast? Well, have you ever seen the, you know, have you seen the Oprah Winfrey episodes where she gives away the gifts, you know, and then people go nuts? Yeah. So people used to say, like, if Oprah talked about your product, please just be prepared for the phone to just to literally never stop ringing. Be prepared for your website to shut down because of so much activity. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm like, uh, do you remember, do you remember four or five seconds that Kanye did with Rihanna? And there was another guy that he did called Paul McCartney. As Kanye's fan said, who the fuck is this Paul McCartney guy? He's about to blow up thanks to Kanye. I'm Kanye. <laughs> you're Paul McCartney. Okay? This is our opportunity and you're going to go to the next level, okay? From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors and this is Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hi there, Rockstar. Christina here with you for episode 31. Now, today I have a very special guest on the show. It's Calvin Coyles of Young and Wildly Successful, and we're talking about the concept of mastery, specifically how to stand out and get noticed by being so good as Steve Martin once said, that they can't take their eyes off you. But first, I have some exciting news. You know the RMIT business plan competition I've been going on and on about recently, where I pitched my, you know, this business, my communication skills training business, the C Method? Well, we had the awards night last week, and drumroll... I won third prize. Oh, yeah. So I'm super pumped about that. Now, this podcast plays a large part in my business. So I'd like to say a big thank you to you, awesome listener, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to talk about how successful the podcast has been when I pitched. So, and so the fact that you're downloading the show, listening and leaving reviews is massive social proof that what I'm doing is a great thing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. You are amazing. Now, speaking of reviews, I'd like to give a shout out to listener Jasmine Ward, who left an incredible review this week. She writes, I downloaded this podcast a while ago and ended up listening to an episode on rejection on a plane. Before I knew it, I binge listened to all Christina's episodes before I got home to Australia. What I liked most about this podcast is how humble Christina is, very rare in the business world these days. She is smart, likable, and very intelligent. Christina, if you read this, your ukulele playing is excellent. I really enjoyed your rendition of Five Don't Stop Moving, one of my favorite songs to this day from the 90s. Please keep making this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jasmine. Your feedback really means the world to me. I'm so glad you like my ukulele because sometimes I think it is below par, but I do it anyway. Yes, I'm glad you like the uke and I'm glad you also like Five. Okay, let's move on to today's conversation. So are you ready to become a master in every area of your life and reach phenomenal levels of success? Good. Let's meet Calvin Coyles, the CEO and founder of Young and Wildly Successful, Australia's fastest growing personal development company. Now, you may have heard me mention YWS before. I've been doing some work with them and I'm actually running a free event this Thursday night at Hub Melbourne, my co-work space. So if you're in Melbourne... Come and see me speak. 
I'll be taking you through the seven steps to achieving success in any area of your life. It's going to be a super, super fun night, but spots are limited, so make sure you register ASAP. I'll put a link in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash YWS. That's YWS for Young and Wildly Successful. And you can register there at that link. And even if you can't make it on Thursday, go to the show notes anyway to see the intro video that I did. It's it's an unlisted video, so it's the only place you'll see it that's not a Facebook ad. Oh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Let's get into the conversation with Calvin Coyles, who's going to show us how to be, well, young and wildly successful. What's the thing that I think that I really master really well? Um, I think that certainly I've come to a place, Christina, as you know, because you've done our stuff um, in our courses and our trainings and that sort of stuff, that I would say that speaking for me has certainly become one of those things that I've mastered. Um, but also as well, like just little things make a big difference. You know, I think everyone that's ever driven a car, um, and I know like, do you drive a manual or automatic? Automatic. Automatic. Okay. Jesus. Uh, so you've just changed your opinion of me. Honestly, I'm not trying to finish the podcast, right? But uh, you get to a point where you driving a manual car, particularly, or even driving an automatic car, right? You're driving a manual car and you're like, well, this is a clutch and I've got gears and brakes and a stick shift and I've got to look at the road. And what do you mean I can't talk on my phone and eat a, uh, you know, a sandwich at the same time? So, um, you know, the little things that we do in life, I think that we take for granted that we've actually got mastery over those things that we do unconsciously. Uh, you know, we can do a lot of things every day in our lives without ever actually having to think about it. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of gratitude that comes when we connect in with that, right? Mm, absolutely. And I know that speaking is something, I mean, that makes sense because speaking is something you've done for a really long time, right? Yeah, yes. You know, speaking, coaching, sales as well. I think I've got to a point with mastering of sales where I jump on the phone with someone and, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll, I'll be able to help and serve them and get go to the next level. Um, what else? What else? Um, it's not really something I, I'm always thinking about what, what do I need to master rather than what I already have mastered. So it was a good question, actually. Mm. Well, let's just, let's just backtrack a little bit because I want to hear more about your story, actually, of why you started Young and Wildly Successful, which is how we met. Cause I'm now, as yeah. people may be aware that I'm, I'm helping you out with sales stuff and I'm, I'm doing your courses and learning how to facilitate them, become a master at speaking like you. So for the people yeah. who haven't actually, who haven't seen you on Facebook, seen your ads, um, for, well, you know, <laughs> they are <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so what, so tell us, so tell us why, a little bit about why you started Young and Wildly Successful or YWS, um, in the first place. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, look, first and foremost, it's a, it's a real privilege to be on the, um, on the podcast. You know, I've, I've, I've obviously heard great things about it. I've just finally subscribed to it. I've started listening to it and you're really, really good at it. And this is one of the reasons why we got you on board in the first place because I listened to the podcast, I listened to the YouTube channel. I thought, wow, there's some really innovative ways of looking at things around in terms of how to stand out and get noticed. And, and I just, it's honestly, it's always a privilege to be on something like this as well. And I appreciate you sharing us with your audience. So for those of you who don't know me, and I know that you joke around a little bit, we do obviously do a lot of marketing, but for those of you who don't know me, um, so my name is Calvin and, and I set up a company called Young and Wildly Successful. Uh, with the intention of helping people, really, our whole catch cry is live life on your terms. And, and that makes something different for everybody. And that's the beauty of what it's all about. Um, for us, it's about looking at this idea that, you know, when I was going to university, I had this moment of, of, of useful indiscretion and, and I decided to go and join law school. And 
when I was at law school in Australia, I was looking at it and I could realize and I could see very, very clearly what the next 40 years of my life was going to look like. Because when someone left university and became a lawyer, you know, you have, you know, you drive the same car as every other lawyer that was made a partner. You would have the same number of ex-wives, you know, you'd have the same number of kids that were annoyed or frustrated at you because you never saw them. And I just looked at it, I said, that's not the life that I want to live. There's nothing wrong with living that, by the way, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I was like, well, what do I really want to do? I wanted to travel. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to coach and I wanted to speak. And I, there was not really any opportunities for me to do that at 19, 20, 21, 22. And so it was like, well, if you don't have any opportunities, you've got to go and create them, right? And so I was very fortunate in the sense that I was able to hustle my way into working with somebody. Uh, his name is Christopher Howard. He's one of the top NLP trainers in the world, or at least uh, used to be one of the top NLP trainers in the world. Still very, very good, but not, not uh, had the same profile as what he used to have. Um, and uh, I was very fortunate to go and help him build a business, and um, we worked together, I learned from him, and then I set up my own business, and, and Young and Wildly Successful was set up to be able to help people under the age of 35, really under 35, 40, uh, but most under 35, take their businesses, their lives to the next level, and, and for us, it's about being able to have all of the things that you want to have in your life, and to be able to have them in your 20s, and have them in your 30s, rather than pushing 20, 30, 40 years down the track, and then we wait, so one day, if and when we eventually quote unquote make it, we eventually get it, and that's not what I'm about, so it's a long way of answering the question, but for me, Young and Wildly Successful is about helping people live life on their terms, and we set that up to be able to make that happen, and we've been very, very fortunate, Christine, you know, in the last 18 months to two years since we got the business started, we've worked with about 70,000 people in 64 countries, um, you know, we've, we've been very financially successful as well and you made millions of dollars we made our first million in our first 10 months so we know that there's a market out there for this uh, and we've been very 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 fortunate so it's like when uh, you know make hay where the sun shines that's what we're doing at the moment and we're just going to keep riding the wave until the uh, the water stops running <laughs> what's your favorite part of it my favorite my favorite part is we have a program that's normally the first program people join with us which is called self-mastery and for most people that join, they have absolutely no idea what they're going to do on that weekend. They come along, they go, Calvin just said I'd you know, improve my life in some way, so I, you know, I'll give it a roll of the dice. And then over three days and nights, we, we transform their lives and we look at um, changing um, some major things for people. And, and people, for the very first time, have this experience of how life can truly be. And you've seen this moment as well. I know you have. Uh, where for me, there's a moment in every single self-mastery course where it's normally on Sunday night. By that stage, it might even be early hours of Monday morning after three huge days and nights. And they are dancing, going crazy, having an incredible experience. And you can just look around the room and see just absolute elation, just people going, wow, this is what it's meant to feel like. And having this moment of, of realization that I can, I can live like this and I can have this much energy and this much passion and this much uh, enjoyment and love and passion for my life. When we have those moments for people, uh, that's what makes it all worth all, all the uh, the long flights and the long nights. Um, that's mm. my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, I can attest to that too. It's it's incredible. Like when when you've spent three days of going from seven thirty in the morning until you know eleven at night, you're just it, it's it's very full on. But then by the end of it, people. People are just loving it and they just don't want to leave. And That's it. It goes right? really, really late into the night. Well, we didn't finish our last course until 3 a.m. You know, the course <laughs> yeah. material finished at, at 1 o'clock, but people just want to hang around and chat and connect in. And 
And, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's also a sad thing, though, because you go, well, you know, why is it that the world around us is, is not like that? So people want to leave. You know, Google realized this pretty early on. And by the way, if people listening, that they want to create an incredible culture in their businesses and they want to stand out and get noticed, it's about looking at, well, how do you, when you spend time with somebody, how, do that, how does that person leave? Do they leave wanting to go, I need to go back and spend more time with Christine because the time I spent with Christine was incredible uh, and she makes me feel brilliant and alive. Or do people leave going, well, I'm never going to go and spend any time with that person again. And we have too many energy vampires in our life, right? And if you want to stand out and get noticed, just be a great person. Be a great person. People want to hang around. One of the things that you teach in self-mastery, the course you just mentioned, is yeah. is the concept of the three levels of learning. And yes. I, I'm really fascinated about this and I want to dive a little bit deeper. I mean, there's so much that you teach and there were so many things I couldn't, it was so hard to choose what to actually talk to you about today. Um, but I think yeah. I really want to focus on this, the, the three levels of learning. Can you take us through them? Yeah, 100%. And, and if you're listening in and you're going, well, how is the three levels of learning going to really link through to me? And I guess the theme of this podcast, Christine, it's just like how to stand out and get noticed, right? And um, I remember always listening to an interview with uh, Steve Martin, um, the famous comedian and then actor. Um, you know, you're obviously very, very wildly successful, um, no pun intended to our business. But, um, and people always ask Steve, they said, Steve, how do we, how do I stand out? How do I get noticed? How do I make it in Hollywood? And the answer he always gave was never tactical. It was never about, oh, you know, do this or do that. He says, what you should do is be so good at what you do that they can't take their eyes off you. And that was his answer, right? They wanted to know about getting our age, you know, getting headshots or doing coaching and that sort of stuff. And none of that mattered. He said, just be so good at what you do that they can't take your eyes off you. And when you really think about that, you know, we know that when you, when you meet somebody, there's times when you meet somebody where you go, this person's got it. Like they're literally all over this. Um, and they're across it and they're aware of it and they've got all of those key details in place, right? And you know when someone's truly a master of what they do. And there's also times as well when we get to know somebody as well where it's like, well, you know, is it this person's just beginning on the journey? And so the three levels of, of learning really come down to how you approach life and how you approach challenge and how you approach it, your goals and dreams you have in life. A lot of people want to make it big. Uh, and, you know, we were joking about this, uh, Christina, as well, <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a, a, a bodybuilder called Ronnie Coleman and uh, he's a huge big guy and he says, you know, everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, but no one who wants to lift no heavy ass weights. Um, and this is the idea, right? Like, so if you're looking in the stand out and get these tips and tricks, you've got to look at, well, how do we learn and what's our attitude towards learning? Because if you learn more than you can share more, if you share more, you're going to stand out. And so the three ways that we can uh, learn something, there's three different pathways people take in life. And these are something that we tend to do across our whole lives, not just in one area, but across our whole lives. The first one's known as the dabbler. The second one's known as the high achiever. And the third one's known as the master. So there's the dabbler, the high achiever, and there's the master. And the dabbler is the person that gets started in something. And we've all done this from time to time, by the way. And, and it's most notoriously found in health and fitness, right? Um, so the dabbler gets started and... They want to uh, go out and they want to go and join a new gym or they want to go and try a new exercise program or they want to go and try you know, some sort of new workout technique or they buy their new ab plus 3000 extreme off, off the TV and they're looking for that sort of you know, get results real fast without doing any work approach to life. Um, and so they, you know, they'll jump on board with something. But 
traditionally what will happen is they'll go out there and they'll, they'll get started, but then they just won't take any action. And, and when you take a little bit of action in the very beginning, you know, uh, like Christina, do you know how to play any sports? You you play any sports? I used to play basketball. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, well, well, you know, I used to attempt basketball. I think, but I think a good, uh, a good uh, example would be, and here I go again, talking about CrossFit, but like when oh, I, when please. I, when I actually, shut up, when I started CrossFit, uh, my progression was actually quite rapid at the beginning. And then, right, yes. Yeah. And, and then, then injured, pardon? Then you got injured, right? And then I would, I don't know if I got injured, but I sort of stopped progressing <laughs> after a while. And, then, and then that was really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just stopped progressing and then that got, and then that was frustrating for me. For sure, right? You start anything and, and don't worry, I'm not going to judge you because I also started CrossFit a little while ago and then I came to my senses. You know, if anyone's listening that loves CrossFit, I'm just winding you up. But, um, you know, when you start anything for the very first time, it's this really exciting new thing. People do it in their jobs. People do it in their, in their businesses. People do it in their relationships, right? You start anything new and it's the honeymoon period. Everything's so exciting. There's a new way of working out. I've got to get new shoes and new shorts and new tops. What was wrong with the old ones? Nothing. But I needed new ones because I joined something new. Um, and we have this really big rush of, of dopamine, which is the achievement drug in our bodies. We have this big rush of dopamine. We feel fantastic. We're really excited about life for a period of time. And then over a period of time, we start to put in the same amount of results, sorry, same amount of effort, but now our results don't seem to match our efforts anymore entrenched into a sport, into a job, into a relationship. Well, hold on. Now I'm doing more. I'm getting less results than what I was having before. And this is when people hit a plateau. Um, and this is really what makes or breaks people. You know, say when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And it's really about looking at this because a dabbler, someone that was just interested for a good time, but not a long time, so to speak, uh, you know, when they hit a plateau, they'll normally leave. So they'll hit a plateau and leave the relationship. They'll, things are going really, really well. And as long as things are going well in the relationship, I'm all good. But if not, I'm going to start swiping right or whatever it is on Tinder. I don't know what kids these days use, but that's in essence what people do. Or in a job, they're having a good time. Everything's going really, really well. And they get to a certain point and now the results in the job aren't going as well. They're not making as much money. And so they'll not pull the shoot. I'm going to go and get another job. There's something wrong with this job. There's something wrong with this person. And by the way, the pattern of a dabbler is that that person starts to blame everyone but themselves, right? Uh, and I know that we both know, Christina, people that have done this mm. a lot. You see a lot of people come along and do courses with us, for example, that play this role because they are looking for somebody else to blame other than themselves. Um, and, you know, the the benefit of it is, um, that you can actually have a really exciting life by being a dabbler, right? Because there's a lot of variety. Yeah, you fun. go, you, you, yeah, exactly. New it's things. a lot of fun, right? Mm. Yeah, it's new all the time. It's, it's like shiny object syndrome, right? You get new phones and new relationships and you have this real sense of variety in life. But, you know, what do you think the risk is if you're in a position where for your whole life, you're always trying these new, 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 new things and you've never committed to anything for long enough to really see it through, well, then the big risk long term is that you go, well, I've got a lot of surface excitement and surface fun, but now when I look back on my life, I'm filled with perhaps regret and I don't have a high level of a real appreciation, so to speak, or probably a better choice of words would be a feeling like deep down inside 
that I was able to really make meaningful progress on something. And that comes through a sense of accomplishment and achievement uh, because, you know, we can start a lot of things. I mean, I love a lot of different sports. And, I'll, you know, if I, for example, if I went and played golf, I could go and play golf and I could hit the ball around a little bit and maybe I'd do one good shot and i feel good in a moment, but I don't feel like I've accomplished anything by doing that because I haven't really worked for it. Uh, you know, they say the greater the work, the, the greater the reward. Because as a, as a culture, whilst we push away from this idea of delayed gratification, we all know that when you save for something or when you really work hard for something and when you really delay that gratification long term, when you eventually get that, it means that it's so much sweeter um, as a result of that sacrifice that you make. So after a period of time, everyone goes through this period of churning through things. And there's a natural part of that, right? Because we're trying to find ourselves. Um, but then... Then after a period of time, people just get a little bit frustrated by it. And that's obvious, right? Uh, instead, then we move to high achievers. And that's what really what you and I are, right? Because we're looking at going, well, you know, I want to get there. I want to get there faster than anybody else. I want to get there better than anybody else. I want to break the records. I want to be able to achieve. And, and they, you know, um, for those of you who have uh, understand, understood this concept before, you know, I know for us, if, if we find somebody, and, and I, we've discussed this before, Christina, if somebody's not really playing full ad, if someone's not going after their dreams in life, it can be frustrating to a high achiever because they want to try and dissociate as much as possible from being a double just simply because, well, they don't want to be that person, right? They're like, no, I'm not that person. I'm a high achiever. Um, so but, you know, I, what's yeah. the, what's the problem with, with taking the high achiever approach? The, look, the key problem is that, um, sorry, just taking a quick drink. The key problem is burnout. Because right. everyone knows that we start the same, right? So like high achievers just somehow go in with a diluted sense of approach, which is no matter what I touch, it's going to turn to gold. I'm never going to have any failures. I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to plateau. And that's just not part of life. I mean, if you look at, if you look outside, you know, we have a summer, a winter, a spring, and an autumn for a reason. There's a season to life, and there's also a season to our lives as well. And so high achievers get started. They start kicking goals, then those goals stop, and then what happens is most high achievers, when the going, uh, they're not progressing at the same rate, they start to stress themselves out, and they start to work harder, they start to double down, they start to be more uh, more challenged, they start to be more critical, they start to be harder on themselves, and they push, 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 push to try and create that breakthrough because they think that somehow working harder is going to somehow be the answer. And they look to most of their friends like, geez, you're working so hard already. I don't even know how you have another gear, but they try and find another gear. And eventually they break through, right? Eventually they, they go to another level. But the challenge is when they go to another level, then that next level has its own plateau. But they've got no energy left in the tank. You know, Christine, have you ever had a goal or a dream or something that you're looking to try and achieve and you achieve it and you go, is that it? <laughs> like, it, there's got to be something else, right? Um yeah, well, I like. I mean, my doing my pitch yesterday, for example, I've been working so hard up until this point, and then I did it. And afterwards, I was like, "Oh, now what?" Yeah, I guess I just exactly. wait until awards night. But that's all I really, you know. I was like, "Now, yeah, yeah exactly. now what?" Yeah, and on Thursday night, you'll have the same experience, right? You'll go, "Oh wow, win or lose." And of course, you know, you you couldn't not win knowing your pitch. <laughs> but let's let's say, for example, that on Friday morning, I wake up and I look at the paper and I see that there's been a robbery in Melbourne and someone stole your prize money. Um, you know, if that was to happen, right, and someone else wins in your place, then you're going to go win or lose. You're still going to go on Friday morning. Okay. What's next? Yeah. And that's what high achievers do, right? We, we are so focused mm. on what's next, what's next, what's next. And so high achievers are awesome 
uh, in the sense that we will accomplish so much, but we'll burn ourselves out in the approach. So Calvin goes on to explain that there is another level of learning. You don't have to give up or burn out every time. And this level is called mastery. And I ask Cal, how is a master different to a high achiever? Masters know before they begin any new endeavor that they're going to have setbacks. Their masters know there's going to be times when there's plateaus. Masters know there's going to be times where things go almost too easily. And there's going to be times as well where it's almost you're working so hard, harder than you've ever worked before, and you're never going to make any uh, meaningful progress. They already know that. And one of the things that I harp on about in all of our trainings is that leadership is about anticipation and action, not hoping and reacting. You know, high achievers just hope things are going to work out. And when things don't go so well, they start to react. Uh, They react by trying harder, which is at least better than not trying at all, which is what dabblers do. Masters already anticipate there's going to be a plateau. And so the big thing I want everyone to write down, if you're listening at home, is this idea of mentorship. Because once you understand the power of this, it's going to transform your life. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was truly a master at what he did. I mean, we're talking about, you know, eight times Mr. Olympia, not only eight times Mr. Olympia, but making you know, hundreds of millions of dollars as, an, as a movie actor, then going out there and moving into politics and being the governor of California. You know, the man has literally anything that he's applied himself to, he's been incredibly successful at. And there's no surprise to me that he is. The reason being, because his approach to life is to find a mentor, pass them up, find a mentor, pass them up, find a mentor, pass them up. What do you mean pass it up? To find a mentor, basically, to learn from them and then to pass them up for somebody better. Um, so oh. to, to find somebody to learn from, he's very cerebral in his approach, right? But it still works for him. Mm. But his approach is to find somebody that's better than he is, to learn everything he can from them, to get to the same level, and then to find a new mentor. Oh, that right. was Without that was hurting their appro- feelings and saying it's over. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's not you, it's me, right? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just better than you, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just better than you. I found somebody better that's got bigger uh, bigger pecs or whatever it is, right? Uh, and yeah, that's what that's what Arnold's approach was. You look at something like a rich dad, poor dad. You know, Robert Kiyosaki is still one of the greatest authors of our time for the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That whole book was around this idea as well. Mm. You know, you think there's been some times when he's lost money? Absolutely. You know, most people go, I lost money on that venture, so I'm going to give up. They're dabblers. Some people go, I've lost money on that adventure there. I'm going to double back in. I'm going to try even harder. I'm going to stress out about money. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, has a completely different relation to it because he's being mentored by different people. Um, and so when people that are going through hard times as masters or that understand the concept of mastery, when people are going through hard times, they go, okay, great. What do I need to learn in this period of my life to take myself to the next level? And sometimes, sometimes that means doing more. Sometimes that means doing less. Sometimes that means just doing things differently. Does that all make sense? Hmm. Yeah, it does. But how do – I get asked this question all the time. I know a lot of people understand that, yes, mentorship is really important, but they don't know how to go about doing it. So how do you find a, a mentor? Great, great question. Uh, and a lot of people ask me this, and I think a lot of people, if there's, I guess, one overarching idea here is that don't be afraid to ask somebody to be a mentor. Um, I've had you know, very, very, very successful business people around the world offer to mentor me and support me, but they don't come out of the woodwork. You know, you're not just going to be walking down the street and you know Warren Buffett walks into you and says, oh, by the way, Christina, I'd love to mentor you. That's not how it's going to happen. So really? first, No, I know, unfortunately. I mean, it probably happens for you, but not for me. He's but I'm so good, that. he can't ignore me. <laughs> good, good luck with that one, Christina. <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, first thing is to look at what we do is what's called a gap analysis for people. And so look at the areas of life. And there's really five big areas of life, right? So we've got our health, our career and our business, our finances, our, um, our, um, Personal development. yeah, relationships and then our mindset, right? So they're the five big areas. So I'd look at that and I'd go and I'd say, okay, if I'm being really real with myself right now, really real, um, as opposed to fake real, but if you've been really real, uh, and zero on that on those areas would be nothing. Um, and 10 would be absolutely incredible. Where are you in your life on that list? Are you a nine out of 10 in relation to your health or are you lower than that? Um, and you're only like a four out of 10. And so looking at that first and foremost gives you an understanding of what areas do you need some support in? Because a lot of people don't even have an awareness that they might be a two or three or four out of 10. So that's the first step. Second step is then to go, well, what does success look like? So if I am, a five out of 10 in relation to my uh, career right now, because I don't feel like I'm really living my purpose, my passion. Well, what would that be? If I spend a little bit of time and ask myself my question, what would a 10 out of 10 life look like in my health? What would my body look like? What sort of energy would I have? What sort of exercise would I be doing? If I looked at a 10 out of 10 life in, in my career, what my career would be like, or what would my business be like? And getting clear on that. And then it's about looking at who are people around the world, uh, both locally, globally and uh, you know even even nationally that are living that life um, that are people that represent that that have achieved success in that area I'll give you a beautiful example one of the things I looked at was that I, I wanted to improve my health and I said well what does my health look like if it was 10 out of 10 I said I'd have incredible energy you know I'd, I'd have the physique that I was looking for which meant you know probably building myself up to about 80 80 to 90 kilos uh, and you know, I had sub 10% body fat. That was some of the things that I set about to achieve. And so I said, well, who are people in the world that have that? Well, often a lot of personal trainers have that sort of approach. Now, some of my closest friends are personal trainers because I reached out to people. You know, one of my friends has nine gyms. One of my other closest friends is number seven fitness model in the world. It is hard not to be in great shape with your best friend being a fitness model, you know, because you hang out, you talk about things, you go to certain restaurants together and the conversation is completely different. So step one, do a self audit. Step two, look at who, oh, sorry, look at what 10 out of 10 would look like and what that really means for you. And then as a result of that, then go and go about approaching people that are already living that life in your, in your, um, uh, I guess in your local environment or even in the global environment as well. And obviously starting local is easy because I prefer face to face. But if you need to do global, then do global. And the approach is really straightforward and simple. You know, try to offer value to them in some way, shape or form and say, oh, look, I'd like to just have 15 minutes of your time for a coffee. I'd say to ask you a question about how you were so successful. Can I buy you lunch? And, you know, if you talk about business, you know, find the best restaurant in Melbourne or the best restaurant wherever you live around the world and, and invite them out to lunch at the best restaurant. It'll probably cost you 300 bucks uh, for lunch, but it'll be the best $300 you've ever spent. So that's the way that we approach it. And that's what I've been able to do. And, and most of the time, they'll either say, look, I appreciate it. I just can't right now because I'm busy. Uh, and then if you ask again, uh, they'll, they'll say yes. Or nine times out of 10, they say, yeah, no problems. Be more than happy to help you, right? Because they understood that to get to where they are, they had mentors as well. Mm. Can I just add something there? Um, yeah. just what you were saying about having, having your friends who are, you know, really, really fit and they've got their health sorted out. I know like you might, for everyone listening, you will have friends and family members or just people you know that are really successful in certain areas that you aren't, but you may not actually realize it. So, and then it's, yeah. I think it's a matter of then being aware of 
what they're really good at and then actually saying, Hey, tell me how, how do you actually do that? And if there's, if they're people who know you, they'll actually be really flattered that you've asked them. Um, I I just finished reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad actually. And yeah. And he writes in there how he, the people who he knows, friends of his who are really poor, don't bother asking him how he got rich. Like they just don't ask. And it's the people who are actually already rich who, you know, they all talk about money and, and how to further improve themselves. But then the people who aren't at that point just don't ask. So, and I know that I've, I've known people, um, say for example, at my co-work space or at CrossFit or family members or whatever. And I know them as those people that do, you know, go to the gym or whatever, but I don't actually fully understand where like the other areas of their life where they're also successful. So I think it really pays to just talk to people about what they do outside, you know, work or the gym and stuff and see what other areas they are successful in and where they could potentially help you. And then don't be afraid to ask them how they did it. Yeah. Again, it comes back to what we were talking about before, right? Having a genuine interest in people. Mm. And then when someone says something, listening, uh, I just don't, I, I couldn't agree with what you said more. Most people never take the time just to ask somebody how it is that they do it. Like, you know, my grandparents have been together for over 50 years. Uh, I'm always asking them every time I see them. In fact, they tell me to stop asking them. I was like, guys, how did you do it? How did you stay together for 50 years? Uh, you know, how is it that you guys were able to retire and, and be very well off? How did you do it? I'm always asking, how did you do it? And by the way, if someone's not successful in your life, ask them, how did you mess it up? Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jim Rohn jokes about this, right? But you had a, you're a good man, good family, good life, good job, and you messed it all up. Tell me, how did you do that so I can learn? To do it? <laughs> learn what not to do. <laughs> hey, exactly. Please awesome. tell me, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> well, Calvin, I know that you believe in the power of mentorship so much. You've actually set up your own program online that yeah. provides mentorship for people. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, 100%. And look, I have to uh, you know, say thanks as well to Christina for this opportunity because, you know, as I've already said, when I started looking at my life and I started looking at what I wanted to achieve, I had to go out there and find people that either weren't on the radar because they just, they didn't have an online presence or uh, they did, but they were just so expensive. And we spent last year over $150,000 on mentorship to take us to a million dollars in our business. It was worth it, but it was expensive. And so I've been fortunate now over the last two or three years to get to know some incredible individuals around the world that are really world-class at what they do. Some of them are big names that you would know about and some people that you'd have no idea about but are really world-class, but just people that have been in the, in the behind the scenes doing world-class work. And I've asked them to be able to help our clients. And, you know, we work with about 70,000 people every year and I wanted to be able to give people the opportunity to have access to all of the people that I am mentored by. I wanted to give them access to that as well without having to pay a fortune to do it. Uh, and so we've set up the Online Success Academy. It's a online program that's done over 12 weeks, uh, sorry, over 12 months, where every month you get new content in, the, in those five big areas of your life. So we get new content in health, new content in your business and your career, new content in your finances, new content in your relationships, and then finally new content in relation to your mindset. There's so much wealth of knowledge in there. It's really like a brain's trust of achievement. But again, it's designed to be able to help you navigate that. And and we know from science coming out of the UK at the moment that it takes on average, in order for you to master something, it takes on average 68 days, approximately between 9 and 12 weeks, for you to fully integrate a new pattern or, or an activity into your life. So if you want to be better at managing your money, for example, it's going to take you 68 days 
for you to be able to incorporate really good spending and savings habits. Uh, it's going to take you 68 days to start to get serious about the gym. It's going to take you 68 days of working on your business to focus on that area. It's going to take 68 days of meditation to get clear on that. That's why most dabblers will never make it, right? Because uh, we've all been told 21 days. Well, that's it, right? And, <laughs> I thought it was 21. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. It does. 21 days for you to form a habit, but a oh. habit you don't always use, right? right? Just, so just stick um, and, to it and master exactly. it. Okay. For sure. So think about it, right? Like people by this stage brush their teeth every day, right? If you don't brush your teeth, you've got some bigger challenges than listening to this podcast. But if you're brushing your teeth, it would take you 21 days for you to form a new habit of brushing with your opposite hand, but you wouldn't normally brush with your opposite hand because it's not your go-to go default, Right. Uh, you know, you're super confident, Christina. You could teach somebody to be confident over 21 days, but they're not going to be confident all of the time unless they did it for 68 days. Mm, and okay. so and 68 days consistently. So we know that roughly that means that you could learn four or five big things in a year. And that's why we've designed it in five areas so that you can master five areas of your life in 12 months. And uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic program with some really great content. We're getting great feedback from it so far. Um, and it's all online. It's all available online. And then every every uh, uh, 12 weeks, you get a one-on-one -on -one success call with our team to help you look at where you want to go next as well. And it's it's normally obviously a couple of grand, but uh, for the podcast, you've, we've got access to it as well. They can come aboard and do it for just $97 a month. So it's um, it's pretty special. Just shoot me an email at calvin at youngandwildlysuccessful.com and then we'll uh, we'll connect you up with the, the, the special discount for people that are listening to the um to the podcast. Excellent. Fantastic. Any yeah. okay, well we've gotta start wrapping up. Um it's been yeah. uh, there's so many things that I mean we could talk about this for hours. I know I know you could because you talk for fifty hours a week consistently, like over the course of three days. <laughs> <laughs> but um unfortunately we do have to wrap things up, but uh, do you have any other closing thoughts, Calvin, that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, look, Christina, I just want to say to everybody that's listening, you know, if, if you're listening, continue to listen because, um, you know, you can never stop learning. I think that's really, really important. If you're looking to stand out and get noticed, I think it's important, again, go back to what I said at the beginning, which was be so good at what you do that others can't take their eyes off you. And I just want to say thanks so much. The opportunity to come on board and to, to do the podcast is huge. We love doing things like this and we love supporting. And if they need anything from us, they can obviously reach out at youngandwildlysuccessful.com. But what we say to all of our friends and family is to live strong and live with passion, to make today and every day a phenomenal life-changing adventure. And above all else, no matter what you do, to live life on your terms. So that's how I finish off. Thanks so much, Christine. Thanks so much, Calvin. Big, big thanks to Calvin Coyles of Young and Wildly Successful for being my guest this week. I'll put links to the Online Success Academy and to Young and Wildly Successful in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash YWS. Also, jump on the show notes to register for the free event that I'm running with YWS this Thursday night in Melbourne. So that would make it today's Wednesday, so it would be tomorrow at 7 p.m. at Hub Melbourne Co-Work Space on Burke Street in the city. It's going to be a super fun night and I cannot wait to see you there. Phew, this was a packed episode. I, I hope you've enjoyed it and um, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week where I'll be sharing my tips for delivering an award-winning pitch. Yes, from my experience. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. In case you were wondering, that was easy by... 
Lionel Richie and the Commodores.